synchronized. So, yesterday was my birthday, as you kindly informed. And today was Dana's birthday. And today was Dana's birthday, my, my significant other's birthday. And the day before yesterday was actually my cousin's birthday. And so, my family's had three birthdays in a row and tonight was the third night that we gathered at eight o'clock to sing happy birthday and i have to say we are getting a little bit better with the zoom happy birthday thing but as you can tell we as of last night we still had a ways to go it's a little weird though and a little sad though to just be singing happy birthday over the phone From 87, Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. So Matt, how, how was the birthday weekend? As it winds to a close, I know this is not the birthday weekend we had discussed many months ago, but in the end, honest assessment, and, and we'll talk about relatively how it was. But honest assessment right now, what do you think? I think all things considered. No, no. Not all things considered. Just, oh, well, not all things considered. It was terrible. Not all, it was absolutely atrocious. I think that is, I think that's important <laughs> to acknowledge. Now, all things considered, what do you think? All things considered. Shitty weather, coronavirus. It was... Great, all things considered. I'm healthy. I have my job. Knock on wood. I have my job. I have people around me. Um, I'm healthy, as I already said. Most important thing right now. So all things considered, it was great. Uh, But there's definitely something lost. Birthdays in a time of coronavirus. You know, someone's going to write a great book instead of loving... Love in a time of cholera, it'll be love, birthdays in a time of coronavirus. We're still looking to get our guests to talk about love in a time of corona. We have been struggling to get guests to talk about that. We'll get it. This this week is the week. I I think what I wanted to say, though, is you did a really good job, I think, this weekend of getting out of the house in a coronavirus-appropriate way. I have not left the house since Friday night, where I... Went with my roommate and we mailed a snail mail letter. And then I walked over to where my friend lives and I wanted to have a conversation street to window um, and learn that his apartment faces the uh, the center of the block with the <laughs> with the beautiful gardens instead of the street. Um, so what so did we, you do? We had a conversation via a telephone, a cellular telecommunications device but there wasn't the 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 eye to eye let let me get this straight you i didn't know this actually you walked to your friend's apartment you stood in front of their apartment and had a phone call with them without ever actually seeing them because their apartment faces faces does not face the street yeah it was it was disappointing but so i have not been out of the house since friday you, on the other hand, I think in responsible ways, have left the house a couple times. I have. I have. So I'll tell our listeners what I've done. 
Um, so Saturday morning, I got up really early, and I'm very fortunate to have access to a car in the city. I got my bike, uh, and my girlfriend got her bike too, and we drove out of the city without interacting with a single person to Bedford, New York, and we rode our bikes for about three and a half hours there, which was lovely. We didn't interact with anyone, but it was a much needed way to get out of the city. And then today, we actually drove into Manhattan to pick up dinner, delicious Uncle Boone's, which I'll give a shout out to for getting us an amazing, amazing meal. And that was pretty interesting too. I mean, Manhattan was deserted. Uncle Boone's is in Soho, and uh, it was unlike any other time I've been there. It was eerie. The weather and the falling darkness definitely added to that eeriness. When you were in Soho, did you see any of the boarded-up luxury retailers that have been getting a lot of press recently? Boarded-up, no, I didn't, but a lot of places closed with the gates pulled down and all of that. So, But I'll admit, I wasn't actually on the lookout for the boarded-up luxury retailers. Yeah, they, they, there was a, a kind of terrifying article in the New York Times this weekend talking about how Dolce & Gabbana, Fendi, all these brands that I only know from songs are all <laughs> boarded up as if they're going to be looters. And in fact, the NYPD says that right now major crimes are down, but... Who knows? When we go stir-crazy, who knows what will happen? Speaking of stir-crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for our guests tonight. They are... Um, they they're are, extreme. Extreme. And I have a lot of respect for what they're doing, and honestly, they're doing what we should all be doing. intense. Um, let's give them a call, and let's, uh, let's, have, them, let's have them describe it for, for us. Hello? Hello. Hey, uh, hey, welcome to CoronaPod. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, yeah, long time listener. I know this uh, show has an illustrious history. I'm just glad <laughs> I can make it on. Uh, happy, happy to have you. Um, I think it's best if it comes just straight from your mouth. When was the last time you left your apartment? Huh. Uh, that would be uh, a full week ago. When we, we went outside for uh, about a 10-minute walk and then came back to the apartment. So counting that, about a week. If you don't count that, uh, two weeks. So for two weeks, you have just stayed completely inside except for one 10-minute walk. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so I I'm, I'm definitely want to get into the particulars of did you have two weeks of groceries or has, have something else been happening? But, but before we go there... Why are you doing this? That's a big question. There are, there are personal reasons. There are societal concerns. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, well, which do you think? It, I think we'll cover both, but if you had to give one answer, would you say it's for other people, or is it, or is it to keep you safe? Uh, I think if... If, uh, if it was understood that there wasn't really a consequence of everyone going outside, going about their daily business, we'd probably be outside. Um, but I, they're obviously related, right? Like if this disease wasn't as severe, 
there wouldn't be as broad implications of everyone getting it, and also we wouldn't have the same personal reason. So we were just talking about this, and we were thinking, like, what would happen if both me and uh, uh, my girlfriend got this at the same time? We just think it would really suck, right? Like, if we got even a mild case of this, we'd be totally out of commission, wouldn't really be able to work, wouldn't really be able to take care of one another, where would we go? We don't really look close to our parents. Um, and because everyone else is inside, it would just be a total nightmare. So that's the, I guess, the selfish take. Um, and without really knowing, I don't, I don't think we need to get into a full spiel of where we think the crisis is headed, but it sounds like the guidance now is that it's just better for everyone if we stay inside. And as a rule follower, I'm just pretty inclined to, to listen do as I'm told. So how are you feeling after, I, I'm going to say two weeks inside because 10 minute walk outside is pretty minimal. Two full weeks inside, how has it impacted your physical, your mental well-being? Uh, I, we might say there have been ups and downs. Uh, I think we had uh, a week ago, we, were, we had a car rented and every few days we were pushing back the rental just to see if we wanted to uh, head out, either drive home to the north or head back to Cincinnati. Um, so we've definitely considered leaving. Um, but I don't know, we get, we get decent light in the apartment. We have a little bit of walking space. Uh, and we have uh, some exercise equipment, so we've been able to do that as well. And I think now we're feeling like pretty stable, pretty good about the arrangement. It's not like we've reached uh, the breaking point. So mentally, physically, feeling all right, although it would be nice to get outside. And what are you doing about food, groceries? Did you just spend an incredible sum at uh, Whole Foods or Fairway or whatever before this? Or are you uh, also racking up a big bill on Seamless or Caviar? Uh, well, before this whole thing hit, we were talking pretty big talk. But we didn't, we didn't prepare probably as much as we should have. So we did a couple Whole Foods runs and gradually stocked up on the non-perishables. But after things went into lockdown, we really burned through all the stuff we wanted to eat really quickly. And even though we had all this like whole grain pasta leftover, <laughs> uh, we went in pretty quickly on another order. So we haven't really been doing seamless, but we've been doing uh, like some fresh direct. We do that weekly, uh, gradually add to our non-perishable stock. And, uh, and get some tasty perishable that we eat almost immediately. So we got a delivery yesterday um, and are pretty much through, or at least over half through, uh, all the nice fresh stuff we would have wanted to eat already. So tell us what is some of the stuff you bought but did not want to eat. I'm really curious. It sounds like you are not a fan of whole wheat pasta, but what else is sitting in your cabinet and you're like, ah, this is not so I'm great. Just, I'm just walking over. I, can, you know, I can't share my, uh, my video with you. Uh, but for some reason on the first run, I just thought it was really important to get a ton of lentils. I don't really know what came over me. But those lentils have been absolutely untouched. <laughs> They're still sitting here. Um, I mentioned the whole wheat pasta. I don't know how to... I have not only boxes, but because some of those boxes came kind of uh, waterlogged, we've now filled all of the open uh, receptacles in the kitchen with whole wheat pasta. So I'm just kind of 
walking around. Everything is full of holy pasta. Also hasn't even been touched. Um, I have, I ordered about 40 cans of Portuguese sardines. Uh, probably not fair to say that those haven't been touched. Um, but we got very tired of them very quickly. So I still have about 33 cans of Portuguese sardines. So safe to say those are going to last uh, a good while. Um, those are really the main ones. Everything else we're training through pretty quickly. The We really didn't appreciate, uh, like the pasta, the quality or enjoyment difference between regular and whole wheat rice. So still have a bit of whole wheat rice as well. Got it. Well, one thing I will say is if you do decide to leave the house, there are foundations and not-for-profits that would gladly, gladly take those things that you are sick of and redistribute them to people who are in need. So that, that, is, that is one side note that you can, can think about. Something that's interesting for me is, can you describe what that 10-minute walk was like and, and how you're thinking about when you're going to do the next one? I know you guys live in actually a neighborhood that is one of the few neighborhoods gifted with one of de Blasio's, you know, empty streets. Has that kind of changed the calculus for you? Do you, do you think it's dangerous for you to go outside? It seems like it's relatively easy to go outside and stay six feet away from people. How are you thinking about, like, how long this could go on for you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I can fully go into the calculus just because it's not entirely rational but you had, you had a few questions there so I'll just try and unpack them the the initial walk I think our attitudes were a little bit different I I wouldn't say I was against the walk but I definitely saw the walk as kind of like a like a space a space walk excursion requiring full contamination protocols and I think um, what became apparent when we got out the river, which was fully crowded with people, that I was completely right. We had to turn back almost immediately. There were people there definitely not abiding by the six-foot separation rule. Uh, we were wearing masks, so it was okay, um, but we just rapidly aborted the whole mission and came back. So initially seemed pretty okay, uh, but just the sheer recklessness of the other pedestrians made it clear that outside was just not the place to be at that time. Um, Going forward with this, uh, with these areas that have been made available to walk, we haven't really thought about it, just given how the last excursion went. Uh, but if everyone's out there, I'm not sure if that would be, I mean, I'd rather them be in their cars, to be honest, if I was going to be going outside. Um, but who knows? Maybe if next week is one of those stir-crazy down weeks, we might have to reevaluate. But given the sheer time investment it takes, uh, to disinfect all the clothing, get ready to go outside. Um, it just doesn't seem worth it. The numbers just don't add up right now. Tell us how you're disin disinfecting clothing. I want to pause on that. Tell us what you were doing to disinfect your clothing. That's actually not something I've heard that much about outside of hospitals and, and medical settings. Um. <laughs> just, I mean, I, I would have wished just for the image that we had kind of like a spray disinfectant, but really what we're doing, we're just throwing things in the wash. So for better or for worse, that's all we're really capable of. Um, but that's happening immediately after we get inside. Um, and really, it only happened once because we only 
outside ones. Um, but those clothes just immediately go in the wash. Um, we don't really have a ton of masks. We weren't preppers with the mask, so uh, those don't that those don't get thrown out. They're hung up and hopefully uh, ready to go in the extreme event that we need another mask. Uh, but our disinfectant protocol. I know you only asked about clothing, but really, uh, it applies to everything, right? Like all the food that comes through the door. So we've got pine salt, we've got Clorox bleach, any package that comes through the door, completely wiped down. If it's something that can be submerged in water, it immediately goes in the sink uh, with some detergent, as we know, that's effective at killing the virus. We have a limited number of Clorox wipes, anything that can go in the sink should go in the sink. It's more efficient that way. Um, but that's really the bulk of it. What would you say to someone like, like us, us at 87 Lafayette, where every night after dinner, we are walking out the front door, going for a walk, enjoying Fort Greene, and when we come home, we just wash our hands and then continue our lives. Very, but we do very thoroughly wash our hands, and in some cases where we have something that's been touched by a lot of people, we'll disinfect it. So we're not, I don't want Luke to think we're irresponsible. But what would you say to us, like... Well, like, as, as far as the um, kind of containment or isolating spectrum goes, you guys are pretty far along, right? Like, you're not gathering large groups. You've completely changed your daily life. Uh, the only real difference, I guess, is you're not, you know, throwing the clothes in the washing and you're willing to go outside. Uh, I see it as pretty reasonable. Pretty reasonable. It's a calculated risk, obviously. I don't know what you guys are doing when you're out there. I don't know how close you're getting to other people um, but to reiterate I think the risk is, is relatively low of going outside but it's just that I don't know who's touching these doorknobs I don't know who's delivering things to the building um, there are things I can do but right now we're just we're not stir crazy enough to need to go outside but that's a personal decision so for all I know you guys need to get outside it's going to keep you guys safer in the long run if that's the case I think it's a pretty defensible thing to do. Got it. One final question. Has this changed your perspective on doomsday preppers? Is this something that you looked at before and kind of said, these people are crazy with their bunkers and food stocks, and now you look at them with a little more understanding? Or do you think there's still a big difference between what some of those folks have been doing in the past and what you're doing today? Well, I think there's obviously a significant difference. You know, if we were bona fide preppers, we wouldn't be in the city. Uh, anyone who's in the city, I guess, or doesn't have a bunker underground is is not a bona fide prepper. I think it would be crazy if this hadn't uh, legitimized what they were doing a little bit, even if they were over the top. Uh, it's kind of, at least, even if it's not merited in this scenario, it's easy to think of one where this disease had a fatality of around 5% something maybe a little bit higher. Um, and when you think about what would be happening in that case, not pretty. Uh, so if you think that that even has a slight possibility, uh, it makes what they're doing at least not seem absolutely crazy, not to say that those people aren't a little bit off kilter themselves. Uh, but I'd say, yeah, I think people would be foolish not to see you know, the extent to which things can break down rapidly in ways that no one would have predicted. Got it. Well, good luck. 
I hope you are uh, still getting enough vitamin D through your well-lit apartment, and uh, I hope this all I've ends. Supplements on the counter. Don't worry. <laughs> supplements on the counter. Well, <laughs> I hope this all ends soon enough, and uh, you can get back out onto the streets because the street life is why a lot of us live in New York City. So thank you for joining us. Good luck, and uh, I hope you uh, don't go stir crazy too soon. Thanks. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Love the show. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Wow. That, <laughs> that, I mean, that is what more people need to do. He's doing the right thing. Is it really extreme? Probably. Is it really effective? Definitely. And I think the other thing is, guidance early on was do not wear a mask unless you're sick, right? Guidance today is increasingly changing to wear a mask, even if you're not sick. That's how you keep people safe. And if you look at Wuhan, right, there were stories of people when they would go out to walk the dog, they would wear a full hazmat suit. And when they came back in, everything got sanitized. And I looked at them and was kind of like, well, those people are a little over the top and crazy. And I look at Luke and no offense, he looks a little over the top right now, but things, the, the situation is evolving extremely quickly. And uh, I don't know. The big question though is, should we try to get a few of those cans of Portuguese sardines from him? Seems like he has some extras. Could be good. We've been in a recipe rut. So I don't know, could be a good idea. Who knows? Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight we'll end by remembering Krzysztof Penderecki. He was a brilliant and talented Polish composer who died today at the age of 86. He gained fame early in his mid-20s with Therenity for the Victims of Hiroshima, a remarkable piece for strings. This is a somewhat un-Penderecki-like piece. Um, it's a selection from his Resurrection, a piano concerto that he wrote in 2001-2002 that was inspired by the 2001-9-11 terrorist attacks and how he overcame that too. 